Welcome back to episode five of Two Knicks Talk Sports. I'm Nick Minacchio, here with Nick St. Lawrence. Yo! Um, we're just coming back off of an off week. Had some, both had some personal issues that we were uh, work-wise working through and, and that type of stuff. So we had a bye week. We had our bye week one week early. And uh, we're ripping back into episode five. We got uh, a few topics that we're going to cover coming off of start of the NBA season, uh, another wild week in the NFL, week six. Um, we got some week seven games that we're going to cover that are coming up um, tomorrow and then this Sunday. And then uh, we got some bets that we're going to recap from previous weeks and uh, some best bets on the week. So before we hop into all of that stuff, um, just pass it over to Nick. How are we doing? Good, man. A little bit better. Uh, sorry to miss everybody last week. Um, came down with the uh, the Rona on top of some back issues, so I was uh, laid up for the week. So no bueno for me. Happy to be back. Talk sports. Uh, couldn't happen at a better time. Opening night for the Celtics was last night um, versus the 76ers. And uh, I was pretty excited. Uh, excited for the game. We talked about it in previous podcasts about the upcoming season, what the starting lineup was going to look like, how the minutes were going to play out, what what was our identity going to be without Robert Williams. And, uh, I mean, we looked really good. I'll, I'll turn it over to you, Nick, and what are your thoughts before I, I tell you what I think and who I thought stood out in this game. So I think we, we talked about the starting, starting lineup. That was my first takeaway was Derek White started. He did play a ton of minutes, 24 minutes. Um, he actually didn't contribute much on the night in general, but he started and Brogdon came off the bench. Um, we were talking about this offline a little bit, but Brogdon looked like just a, a perfect fit for the bench. I think he's going to, you know, I don't think he'll put up numbers to be in contention for six man of the year, but just what he brings from the defensive perspective. And then uh, he's a great ball handler, kind of plays inside out. He's almost like an old school type of point guard, like a Rod Strickland type of point guard. And um, he finishes around the rim really well. Um, that was that was my main takeaway. It was White started over him, which is obviously different than last year when White was coming off the bench, including the whole playoffs. Um, it was good to see, I guess, the, the team gel with, with with the absence of Williams and Brown and Tatum obviously played big. Um, I think they're both playing up a spot in a sense with Horford playing center and Tatum essentially playing power forward, Brown playing the small forward. So I think they're both playing up a spot from where they should be, but I mean, they look good. Yeah. I, I you know, I think the biggest takeaways is they, they started the game together, right? Tatum and Brown. And then I think Tatum went out of the game first, if I recall correctly, yep. And Brown just pretty much they were just force feeding him the ball and he was just attacking and just being the superstar that we want him to be and you know especially with the chip on his shoulder about the trade accusations and the offseason everything you know that was going on he you know I think um, he's got a lot to prove he came out he was killing it and then he went out and Tatum came in and then Tatum was a fuego and then after they both got red hot you know, uh, coach put them back in together, and when they just finished the game, you know, uh, excellently. I think they both came out for a very short amount of time, and I was worried, like, who who was going to score, and Brogdon was that guy. He came in, he scored. Grant Williams had, like, a an insane three at one point, and Brogdon had some, like, insane lefty off the top of the backboard layup inside. It was just 
it was just you know pretty nice to see but um I mean, we didn't play our best basketball where without our leading rebounder and, you know, uh, rim um, protector. And we dominated a title contender team. I mean, uh, I, I had nothing but good things to say. I was stuck in a Nick offline. Noah Vonley got 20 minutes. Um, can't really see the stat sheet of, like, exactly what he did, but he was a body on Embiid the whole time. But I think more importantly... It preserved Horford's minutes. We were talking about this yes. a couple of weeks back, you know, about preserving Horford's minutes. He only played 23 minutes with, you know, Vonley playing 20 of those minutes and giving Grant Williams 24. So I think that's you're going to see that moving forward unless we're getting down in games where they actually need to lean on Horford more. I think you're going to see, you know, limited minutes for him moving forward. I think Vonley's minutes, I mean, he ended up a plus seven in the game. So he was playing against Embiid a lot of those minutes, gave up four fouls, still ending up a plus seven playing against him. Embiid is is a huge positive. I mean, if they're not if they're not minus you know five minus ten in those minutes, that's a huge win for them, whether he scores or not. So that that's huge. And I think last year became evident in the finals they did not have a backup point guard. So when Smart went out, it was White or you know Tatum handling the ball, Brown, someone like that who's not a pure point guard. Not that Brogdon is your typical pure point guard, but he he just handles the ball perfectly off the bench as a as a backup point guard, but he can also score. And you know, he can defend too. So he he does it all. He's very versatile. I mean, we were we talked about how amped we were when yeah. you know we oh, signed yeah. him. So um, and Blake Griffin came in with energy. We talked about that a little bit offline. Didn't really do much offensively, but just to come in and you know grab rebounds. Yeah, he you know had a, a charge doing the Blake Griffin things that he does later in his career now and said dunking over people. Uh, but uh, yeah, again, overall I thought you know very very good game. Um, I like the uh, game plan from uh, the coach. I'm looking forward to. You know the the upcoming games to see if you know Tatum and Brown can continue this scorcher that they put on last night combined for 70 points and shot at very high percentage. So um, good things. I mean two thing two things from that if they're both gonna put up numbers like that Jalen Brown's an All Star and Tatum's an MVP candidate. You know so that those are the those are the the two things that they're gunning for at this point. I think Brown should have been an All Star last year over Middleton, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Takeaway from the Philly side. And we, we kind of touched on this off, off offline a little bit, but um, Joel Embiid, overrated? What do you think? I'm just personally not an Embiid fan. From a talent perspective, even when he was coming out of college, I mean, a guy of his size with the footwork that he has, his shooting ability from inside out, the guy's a stud. Uh, he's just, to me, he's not a proven winner. Um, he always crumbles down the stretch. He's injured. Um he, he has a lot to say, but then they don't change their identity from an offense standpoint. And Nick, you, you know, um, brought up a good point, you know, prior to the podcast coming on, like they're running the same offense with the same personnel. It just, it didn't work last year. I don't see it working again. Um, and I said before, you know, Harden, uh, you know, had some falls in the beginning of the game and one from three point line. You take away some of those things. And I mean, this game was already lopsided. It would have been a complete blow, I think otherwise. So Yeah. I just don't think Philadelphia is going to work. I don't think the way they play is going to work. Maxi doesn't gel with Harden. When they didn't have Harden last year, they were playing a little bit better, actually. Well, Maxi, Maxi was playing like an all-star. And uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Embiid, he, he's overrated. That he stacks uh, stats, you know, box score stuffer, if you want to call him that. He's going to give you, you know, 
28 points, 12 rebounds, 13 rebounds. The fact that people were saying that he was the MVP last year was a joke. Yeah. And it's just he's he's not going to be able to lead the team. He can from a stat perspective. And also, it's time for Rivers to go. I think Philly's capped at a you know a four five seed type of thing. Um, there's three or four teams in the East that are better than them, and if they're they're one injury away from being a bottom feeder in my eyes. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they definitely need a coaching change. Not that I want to like compare him to someone in the NFL and you know that has a little bit more success than him, but he's like the Aaron Rodgers of basketball. Like he's the guy is from you know um, all accounts from your the eye view is is somebody that's like awesome you know he he's this huge guy that can do a bunch of things but he's just not a proven winner he crumples you know in, in the, the biggest moments and uh yeah i just i agree i just think he's overrated and i'm just not a fan from from one guy that is that we think is overrated to another guy that is 100 not overrated um the second game of the night was the lakers at the warriors warriors had the ring ceremony um, Steph Curry came out and just proved that he's, again, maybe the, still the best player on the planet, one of the top three, four, or five best players on the planet. Um, he had a huge game. I, I think he was, I think he only hit four threes for the night, but he still ended up with 33 on the night. Um, they kicked the shit out of the Lakers. It was a little closer. LA came back in the fourth quarter a little bit, but Golden State just showing that they're they're probably title contenders again. Yeah, Lakers are a mess. I wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs. Uh, again, t- talking about a similar identity and a team that just doesn't mesh together, and and Lakers are exactly that. They have no shooters. Um, they they can only score at the basket. James, you know, from a statistical uh, standpoint, didn't have a bad game. Had a great game, to be honest with you. 31 points, you know, 14 boards, eight assists. Um, but it's just they just suck at shooting the ball uh plain and simple um anthony davis will probably injured by you know fourth game of the season um westbrook and beverly hate each other i mean 100 fight in some capacity either in practice or on the court they will they will absolutely just not mesh the rest of the team i can't even name some of these guys that are on their bench i have no idea who they are yeah i i mean i just they're a mess um I agree, though. Golden State, I mean, I want to say that the Celtics are the, the favorite, but Golden State just beat us in the finals, and they looked as good as advertised last night. They're just, they're, and they got young talent that are getting some more minutes. Kaminga and Wiseman, I think, are going to play intricate uh, parts of their uh, team, you know, moving forward. Looney's been pretty solid. Uh, you know, Wiggins was probably the unsung hero in the finals. And Curry is. I don't know. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up with Larry Bird. Um, you know, I, I was super young when he was young, uh, when he was just El Fuego. But Curry is just one of those guys that, like, the second the ball leaves his hand, I just, I just think it's in every time. It doesn't matter where on the floor he's shooting it. He's just amazing to watch. I just hate that he's not a Celtic because um, I don't want to like the guy. But yeah. I mean, I absolutely respect. He's just unbelievable. Um, there's a there's a ton of games going on right now. Um, that I guess this is technically the opening night for most of the teams in the NBA. I think there's a few teams that aren't playing tonight, but there's a I mean there's a ton of games going on tonight. So we'll probably you know move fo- moving forward in uh you know in further episodes we'll we'll recap obviously the Celtics um, and just some NBA happenings moving forward. 
um, where you know where the Celts stand in the East, where they stand in the hierarchy of the whole NBA, and um, you know we'll cover some of the, the larger topics there. But wanted to open up with them. Um, Celts want to know is is a, always a good thing here, and Lakers losing in the same night, it was just a win-win for for both of us here. Um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna flip over to the NFL. So um, week six, we had some good games. We had some absolutely horrendous games. Uh, most of the bad games involved most of the same teams that are playing bad games every week. But uh, the Thursday night game was the Commanders at the Bears. Uh, again, we were we were talking about this a little bit in our pre-show recap here. Um, game was horrendous. There isn't much takeaway from it. Um, I didn't have much outside of um, Wentz getting hurt and their Commanders moving to Heineke might help them. Might help Terry McLaurin, um, and that was pretty much my only takeaway from the game. Yeah, I mean, uh, real quick, I'm like super amped on the many men come out party for Brian Robinson uh, the week before, and then he gets a start this week. But he didn't do much with it. I, I still think that you know he needs to be easy in the offense. Um, he didn't wow me whatsoever. The Bears still are a train wreck offensively. Cannot seem to throw the ball. Um, this game sucks, and uh, we can move on because uh, they're just two bad teams that are going nowhere fast. There was another game that I watched a bit of, and the game itself overall was just ugly. The 49ers and Falcons. The Falcons were underdog in this game and ended up winning the game outright, and they've been um, up against the spread. They're 6-0. and uh, They're the only undefeated team up against the spread in the NFL, so anyone that's putting money on the Falcons week after week, they're definitely cashing out right there um san francisco looked bad they they put up 14 in the second quarter and they didn't score in the second half so jimmy g two turnovers they couldn't run the ball um my huge takeaway was for some reason now san francisco can't get the ball to debo like they were last year uh debo was averaging seven to eight rushes something along those lines he's not doing that this year and i know he ended up with a decent line I want to say his line was seven, yeah, seven for seventy-nine, which is not bad. No scores. Um, it, he just doesn't look like the same, I guess, explosive player. I know he's had a few plays that he's that have been explosive, but outside of those, he he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been too consistent. Semi worried about him. Yeah, uh, I mean, having no run game started just makes you a one-dimensional team. And Jimmy G, no offense, but he's just not a he guy that's gonna, he's yeah he's not slinging the rock around to, to win you the game. I did like that Ayuk had like a coming out party. The problem is like I've been big on him now for two years now. He's a really good talent, and it was cool to see that he had a good game, eight for 83, two TDs on 11 targets. But I mean, next game he could have four receptions for 40 yards and no TDs, and you know, and you started him, and you're wondering why. Uh, Marcus Mariota was nearly perfect, 13 for 14. Again, only 14 pass attempts, but he was controlling the game. Um, had six carries for 50 yards on the ground with a touchdown. And then Huntley and Algier kind of were like a two-headed monster. They split the carries about evenly. Not, no one really shined, but they controlled the pace of the game. And the Falcons' defense is underrated, especially in the secondary. Um, they're, they're pretty good. Terrell's, you know, pretty nasty. And, um, yeah, they just uh, they shut him down. We, Nick had said this in the beginning of – our podcast was Falcons are just going to hang in games and kind of be with that team that would be exciting to watch. And I mean, I thought that the 49ers were 
on the come up. I had them, um, you know, in my pretty high in my power rankings, and they got they got smacked. So um, that's all I have for uh, this game. Um, the game of the week here, at least in New England, Pats at the Browns. Uh, probably the game of the week, not anywhere else outside of <laughs> New England. But uh, Bailey Zappi coming out party had a hell of a game. Uh, 309, two scores. Um, he he looked he did not look like a rookie quarterback. That's for certain. I know it's against the Browns and the Patriots' schedule for the most part is pretty easy. That they're in a very easy part of their schedule with the Bears coming up. Um, but Zappi looks good from a fantasy perspective. I don't know if he can keep up the stats that he put up in this game, but I do think from a real life NFL perspective that he looks like a very competent quarterback. He looks very calm. He moves around the pocket pretty well, and he's he's accurate for the most part. I mean, he's 24 for 34, so um, he looks pretty good. Uh, the Browns' defense did not look good, that is for certain, and uh, it was good to see Tyquan Thornton two scores on the day. I don't think that's going to be you know a reoccurring thing, but nice to see that them getting the ball and he got I think he got seven touches on the day, so it was good to see the rookie get out there and, and get some playing time. Yeah. Um... Zappy man, uh, it's a we're gonna we're in a, a soup sandwich now because he's undefeated since he's came in. You know, uh, gave us a little bit of identity. We're getting you know rolling. Our offensive line looked way better the last couple of weeks, which you know, uh, which sucks for Mac because it did not look good uh, the first couple of weeks. And he was getting absolutely mutilated. And you know, I like Mac. I think he's an excellent quarterback. But you know, Bailey's winning right now, and you know. Why not just wait if he's winning for Mac to get 100% healthy? I think he probably wants to get back on the field because he doesn't want to lose his job. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of, a, you know, question marks. People are saying that, you know, Zappi's the new guy. I still think Mac Jones is the guy. Um, but I will, I will say uh, Nick, you know, stated it with Zappi. His movement inside the pocket is to me is the most impressive thing because usually you see rookie quarterbacks you know freak out they they throw the ball too early or they try to run out of the pocket he's just staying in there and he looks calm and you know he's really good in the shotgun much better in the shotgun than um you know uh regular but uh he um yeah he, he was very impressive i like that we got our tight ends going this game which is something that i for no reason um that we haven't done it previously and uh Ramondre Stevenson looks fantastic as um as a down back and you know uh I think that once you know uh we get Harris back it just makes it a little bit muddy just kind of the same situation with Zappi and Mac um I said this off air to uh, one of my buddies prior didn't have a chance to talk to Nick about it but I'm going to ask him now the trade deadline, you know, people people are moving, stuff stuff is happening, a lot of people are, you know, inquiring about I heard um they're inquiring about Kendrick Bourne, um, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Damian Harris. And I'm thinking, like, why not trade Damian Harris because he's on the end of his deal and go out and get a guy like Chase Claypool from uh, from Pittsburgh and have a guy that's really tall on the end It's a red zone target. And this way you can give a guy like you just gave credit to a Tyquan Thornton and put him on the other side and and then you still have you know Jacoby Myers running in the slot and you know you have your double tight end set I just think it gives you know uh, the the a clear identity um, on both sides of the ball um, uh, I should say on offense Nick I mean that's something I just I'm completely throwing you know uh, mud out the wall but I mean 
What's your take home on on not only the Pats but like on you know possibly making some moves before the trade deadline? So I think Stevenson definitely looks like a three down back, and if they can get anything for Harris, that would be ideal because he's up at the end of the season. I don't think Bill's going to pay him. Um, Claypool, Notre Dame alum, so I love him. I'll take him on the team any day. Um, anything that gets Nelson Aguilar off this team and out of my line of sight for the rest of time just put him out to pasture put a nail gun in the back of his head like a (laughs) useless horse that's basically what nelson aguilar is um on this team um the receiving core doesn't look bad i i didn't know that we had two tight ends on the roster until this week and i'm pretty sure neither did matt patricia Um, he found out that they still play for us and they actually make top five money in the league and decided to throw him the ball Jonu Smith always has those random one-off catches. I mean, he had one one of his he had two for 61 with one of them being 53 yards. I, I'm not I'm not falling into the Jonu Smith trap again because I was definitely a huge fan of his before he came to New England. He's just he's just going to be that one-trick pony type of guy. He's very athletic, but not relying on him moving forward. And I think Hunter Henry can absolutely. I think he had nine touchdowns last year, ten touchdowns last year, something like that. Um, he can be a target for them in the red zone and just down the field. So if Zappi can get him the ball, I think he can be a four or five catch, 60 to 70 yard type of guy every week. And that would be huge for the offense, yeah. especially because he can block as well. So he can play inline tight end. You know, he's not going to be a Kelsey. He's not going to be a Gronk. But, you know, a very, very poor man type type of guy like that that can still block and chip in in the run game is huge. Yeah, I, I agree. Tyquan Thornton, somebody I am I'm, I'm very high on. I mean, coming coming into um, the NFL, the dude was a track star, you know, super super duper fast, and that's what they were saying. But he's been pretty good catching in traffic. Um, he's been a red zone guy even through the preseason. But I think like the coolest thing is is that jet sweep that they did to him, and he ran it in. And like if he goes unguarded, he can be one of those guys that just can be electric because he is that fast. So. Um, I think he's very versatile. I think we need to figure out ways to get him involved more. Um, cool to see him back, and then, you know, he's back and he scores twice. So, um, Patriots looking good the last couple of weeks. Hopefully the, this uh, continues. I mean, they should have a win, hopefully, coming up this week. They play Monday night. So, Monday night, you're the coach. you starting Zappy or Jones? Uh, this week, I'm starting Zappy just for the mere fact that I don't think um, Jones is 100% healthy. I mean, there's some um, friction going on that – he didn't want to get surgery the team wanted him to get surgery so clearly it's maybe maybe the injury isn't as significant as we thought to get surgery but at least bad enough where that was at least a thought there's zero reason to rush him back at this point especially if we're winning games um that's just my standpoint and you're giving a you know rookie some some quality run as long as they they don't go back to you know uh what's his name uh i'm, I'm good so i think Hoyer's in concussion protocol for life so he should just quit yeah he'll he'll probably retire at the end of the year um all right next game up that we had on the slate here was the jets at green bay what another kind of surprise game of the week the jets ended up winning outright they were underdogs uh, the Jets look like the real deal. Their defense looks good, and Brees Hall looks like RB one that people drafted him, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round. That they got a steal at this point. Yeah, I mean, um, it was funny, you know, pre-draft. You know, uh, I'm in a dynasty league, and you know, I'm pretty sure that he went one-one um, in the rookie draft, and people said that you know he might be the guy that goes in the top five next year and most NFL drafts, and 
he's starting to uh, look like that that guy. I mean, he's definitely a, a stud. Um, can't say much beyond that. The passing game, Zach Wilson only you know passed the ball 18 times. This is really a Brees Hall game, and their defense looked you know excellent. Um, we talked about Sauce Gardner in previous. Um, podcast on how he was yeah he just he just controlling the side of the field i mean they have some you know good rookie um guys in their um in their backfield um that are just not letting people do it and i just love to see aaron Rodgers lose so uh it's just um it's it's a win-win um you know the comparisons with rogers and you know brady all these years is just like borderline laughable um so every time I see him crumple under pressure and not live up to his expectations and just lose, it's uh, it's a good day for me as a Pats fan and a Brady fan. You know what's funny too? We we hated the Jets for you know how many years, and I still hate the Jets. I mean, I but hate the Jets. It's it's they're a semi likable team in 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 the sense that I like the coach, like I like Salah. Um, defensive coach, the way they play is they want to play defense, run the ball. I, I don't think Wilson's good by any means, but he's somewhat serviceable. He's young; he can, you know, still move. They're uh, they're interesting to watch for sure. When they had Flacco, Flacco was, I mean, he was bound to get injured at some point, anyways, before Wilson was coming back. So kind of happy they just moved on from him. But um, yeah, like to watch the the Jets games. They're they're definitely an interesting team, you know, kind of moving forward. I think there's some of the, you know, we, we do our power rankings at the end of every episode. And again, they're not in my top five by any means. But again, we talk about these teams that are on the rise and they're trending in the right direction. And, you know, right now they're seeming like they're, uh, they're, they are legit. And Dude, the AFC East is a beast this year. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo, Miami, the Jets and the Pats. And I hate to say it, the Pats might be the worst team in the, in the division. Um, and they're not that bad. So Agreed. we'll see. Uh, Jags and Colts was an interesting game. Wild um, finish. Another, yeah, another another game that I think people probably had the Jags in this game would be my guess. Um, the Colts ended up pulling out the win. Uh, they had a, a heck of a fourth quarter. They scored 15 in the fourth quarter. My my one huge takeaway was Deion Jackson. Uh, I picked him up in two leagues and I only played him in one. So. Shame on me, but he showed out 10 catches. He basically had one of those Jonas Gray type of performances where he'll probably never be heard from ever again. But he had you know, 22 touches, 100 and something yards, and a touchdown with 10 of them being catches. He had a, he had a heck of a game. Um, you know, it's a shame that he's behind two running backs and he's probably not going to see the light of day when both of them are healthy. But it was good to see him and. Um, also on the the Jacksonville side, staying on the running backs, uh, ETN looks like he's kind of taken a little bit of the shine off of James Robinson. I think Robinson, just from an athletic standpoint, is, is kind of capped as where he is. He he's more of a uh, you know a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis type of guy, where he's a little bit more of a plotter. He's not going to break off you know 50, 60, 70 yard runs, and ETN can do that. Uh, he can also be involved in the passing game a little bit more, I think, than Robinson can. Um, so it's good to see him. I own him in one spot and, you know, haven't played him that much, but definitely going to be putting him into my starting lineup moving forward. Yeah, um, I think a couple things I want to talk about is, like, I was on a Trevor Lawrence train two weeks ago, oh, and yeah. now two two weeks in a row he's had, like, he's been, like, 
Last week he was bad, straight up. This week he only passed the ball 22 times. And it wasn't bad. I mean, almost perfect. I mean, um, didn't have a bad game. But the Christian Kirk train has now, you know, you know, I wouldn't say come to a stop, but, you know, uh, cooled off. Uh, Nick, you know, um, pretty much stated who the top dog on this team, you know, is right now and trending highly in the, in the right direction. And that's definitely ETN. I do think that... He is better with just Robinson. I don't think he'd be perfect as a lead back. I yeah, think I don't think you know. He, yeah, I don't think he can play 60-70% of the snaps. Yeah, I don't sure. think he can take the load. And then, you know, uh, the week before, I was excited because I had uh, Naheem Hines in one of my leagues, and then he got destroyed on that play and, you know, got up stumbling. Not Tua-esque, but, like, it, it looked bad, you know, uh, from, from the eye test. And uh, he gets taken out. And that very next play, Deion Jackson caught a pass and had, like, a six spin move and it's just one of those things where like you know who Deion Jackson is and you know you look at the stat sheet at the end of the day sometimes and you know if you're not watching the game you're not realizing like this dude has actual talent so I went and scooped him up in in uh, my dynasty league and I actually started him um uh, over um Oh, uh, who's a running back for? I'm um, having a uh, brain fire neck. Help me out. I mean, he was he was definitely a, a startable guy across the across the spectrum. I mean, I I started him over Dobbins. Um, I could have started him in in your league over Montgomery, and I didn't. But I I ended up going with Montgomery once he was active. But I mean, Jackson that first play. I know the first play you're talking about. It he it just as soon as he caught the ball, he made two moves, and you're like, okay, that guy's good. Good. Yeah, he can play, right? Yeah. Um, Najee Harris, sorry, I, I had a brain fart of, you know, I'm in too many leagues right now, but um, in my dynasty league, I actually started him over Najee Harris because he, he's been stuck in mud, and do I think that Deion Jackson's a better runner back than Najee? No, I don't, but, you know, um, it's situational football, and that's, you know, what... Week to week. What, yeah, that's what fantasy is, and, you know, with those other guys being out, I was like, oh, this guy is an opportunity. Has an amazing game, but then he's out now. So uh, he got he got hurt uh, in this game. Michael Pittman did show out, and uh, Matt Ryan needed this game. He has looked terrible to this point, and uh, he balled out 389 yards, three TDs. But then he had that game-winning, um, you know, pass to Alec Pierce, and that was a pretty sweet play. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it, it was a it was a good win for um, Matt Ryan. I have no skin in the game really in this uh, matchup, but it was entertaining to watch, to say the least. Uh, I was kind of root for Matt Ryan, besides when the pass kicked the shit out of him in the Super Bowl, but um, BC guy, so I was root for him. Yep, agreed. Uh, Minnesota at Miami was I'm not gonna say a shocker uh, in my eyes. I think um, both Nick and I align with Minnesota being. It, pretty top-notch team the past few weeks and um it, it just surprised me I, I think the way that the the whole game went down uh so Skylar Thompson started for Miami and then he ended up getting injured uh Bridgewater comes in and just somehow some way Bridgewater throws for a 329 and two scores uh I, I just I didn't think Bridgewater had those type of numbers in him anymore and I didn't I didn't think when Thompson got the start I didn't even think Bridgewater could play so I'm not really sure how that all worked out. But um, Minnesota, from a fantasy standpoint, Cousins didn't have the greatest game. Cook had a bad game besides the 53-yard touchdown that he ripped off. I'm not sure if it was in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. I think it was in the fourth quarter. Kind of salvaged his day with that. Um, Justin Jefferson turned in another 100-yard performance quietly. Um, Thielen kind of off the board and one of my flyers on this week because I had to pick him up for a bye weeks but I picked up Irv Smith 
four catches for seven yards is one of the most disgusting stat lines I've ever played in fantasy in my life. But he scored a touchdown and uh, somehow salvaged my day, his day, with that as well. Yeah, um, a couple things. I mean, Minnesota just doing everything they need to do uh, to just keep winning games. And, and honestly, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, you're, you're going to start Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson every week. And, you know, Thielen, you know, might be a, a flex play. And then in bye week circumstances, like you just said, Irv Smith, you know, is a plug and play um, and get you a touchdown. That's when you can ask for for a guy that you, you put in for a plug and play uh, kind of guy. Dalvin Cook is that guy. I mean... You know, he didn't have a great game, but I mean, again, all these running backs, we talked about this all the time, even with just fantasy or just in football in general, like everything's based on volume. Um, Dalvin Cook only ran the ball 13 times. I mean, you want guys to have all these crazy, you know, uh, statistical performances, but hard to do so when you're not getting the ball 20 times, you know, so... um, I mean, he only got one reception and had 13 yards. So to break off 77 yards and a touchdown was pretty legit from Dalvin Cook. On the flip side, Raheem Mostert, again, uh, lead back. Uh, It's borderline that Chase Edmonds is droppable at this point. Um, And I think, you know, uh, the reason why that Bridgewater could put up those numbers is you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Those guys are just... I didn't know if they could coexist and how good they would be together, but they're ridiculous together. I mean, Tyreek Hill's leading the league and you know, I think, yards um, and close to in receptions, and Waddle's probably top 10 uh, in both categories as well. So those guys are crazy, and Tua, we were just talking about off-air, the dude like was nearly dead giving gang signals on the field a couple weeks ago, and they're, I, they're saying he's playing this week, which is just absolutely bananas to me um and Gusecki again a pretty good game six for 69 with two TDs I don't think he's that guy you know when Tua comes back but uh we'll see um next one on our lineup here the Bengals at the Saints um one of the easiest bets in sports betting history has been Joe Burrow's uh touchdown number so every year that uh, excuse me every week they align him with 1.5 uh, touchdowns over under his over has been cashing since the beginning of last year I don't know what the clip is but I pretty much bet it every single week on Sunday morning it's usually minus 130 minus 140 sometimes it's even up to like minus 170 um, I I've bet it at that juice uh, this week I want to say it was like minus 110 might have even been less than that um, he had three TDs he also chipped in with a rushing touchdown probably one of the best performances he's had maybe since he's been in the NFL um, he looked real good without him turning in one of those performances they probably lose this game for sure their defense didn't look great Um, Dalton actually looked okay and Kamara looked like he was he was kind of back to his form but um, Bengals squeaking out a win to get back to three and three was huge for them yeah um I'm a Burrow guy I like the Bengals as a team um Mixon didn't do much on the ground uh Jamar Chase dominant performance seven for 132 two tds had some pretty ridiculous catches t higgins was kind of held in check i think he's uh still getting over some injuries um and on the flip side Kamara's finally um becoming the guy that we all thought he could be uh because he's not only getting a bulk of carries he had 19 carries which put you know pretty much 100 yards but he also got six receptions on nine targets and that's going to help them but the targets 
we'll see what happens moving forward. I do think that Dalton's better at you know dumping down to Kamara um, than 100%, Winston was. 100%. But they're still they're without like all their pass catchers right now. They're all injured. So like and Trey all Smith and Callaway were the top two pass catchers. So. I believe they're all out again tomorrow night. I think Thomas is out. Landry is out. Olave's back in. As far as I know or I've seen so far. Well, that's a good thing because he's been their best receiver anyways. Yeah, um, but, I think he's back. But they definitely need them. And if not, Kamara's going to have a gigantic game again. Yep. Yeah, Dalton definitely going to dump down more than Winston was. Um, Baltimore at the Giants. Again, another... I, I think that the Giants were a home dog. They're somehow 5-1. and one. Um, The Ravens, again, up in this game. I believe they were up 10-0. And then I want to say they even had the lead in the fourth quarter. Lamar, he he kind of has this uh, stink around him where he, I mean, they, they blow leads. And a lot of the times that they blow leads, it's because of his turnovers. The, um, so they did have the lead in the fourth quarter. He threw that pick. He fumbled the, the snap one over his head or went to the side of him. He picked it up. And instead of just throwing it out of bounds and punting with a three-point lead, he throws this stupid pass across his body in the fourth you know six minutes left in the game whatever it is gets picked off giants come down saquon goes full superman over the the offensive line touchdown you know game over the giants are five and one i don't believe in them in the slightest bit but they're five and one and and that is what it is from a fantasy perspective baltimore i mean lamar's gonna put up great numbers because uh, he's gonna whether whatever he gives up in the air he's gonna chip in you know he chipped in seven for 77 this week he's gonna run for you know 60 yards 65 yards a game something like that um dobbins knee flared up is what harbaugh said Kenyon drake came in off the scrap heap i believe at the beginning of the season to their to their backfield um he was featured this week 10 for 119 and a touchdown and i'm assuming is probably going to take that over because dobbins didn't practice today so probably looking more and more likely like he's not going to play this week. But um, and then they have Gus, who's still the Gus bus is still on IR, I believe. So yeah, looks he, like it could be, be Drake's, back, yeah. Drake's backfield moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, a couple of points that I definitely want to uh, harp on. I mean, I watched a lot of football on Sunday, um, kind of being uh, on bed rest. Uh, yeah, Lamar just he definitely lost the game for them. I mean, they they had. They had ample amount of opportunities to win this game, and they just kept making mistakes to put themselves out of field goal range and or, or to turn the ball over when they definitely didn't need to. Um, I will say Ken and Drake actually looked really good. Um, and, uh, you know, stat line looks great, 10 for 119 and a TD, but the eye test looks better than the stat line. He looked just good. Um, yeah, he looked, he looked fast yeah. and explosive. Um, he looked good. Mark Andrews is doing what he needs to do. Um, they need another weapon on offense. Um, you know, that, them you know being without a few receivers definitely hurt them. From New York's standpoint, I mean, their defense is legit. Uh, there's there's zero doubt about it. Their identity right now is Saquon Barkley and their defense, and it, that's not changing. Nope. Good to see Wandale Robinson actually come back. He, um, you know, three for 37 and got in the end zone for his first game back as uh, a rookie. People are high on him in the offseason. And Daniel Bellinger has actually been kind of uh, that plotting, you know, tight end if you need a plug and play for, you know, bye weeks and stuff like that. He's actually been decent. And 
at this point he's probably their most consistent receiver um, because everyone else is fragile as hell on on the Giants. So, but needless to say, they're five and one, and good for the G-men. And that division's also uh, pretty competitive right now. So a lot of the teams, just to your point of Saquon and the defense being their identity, a lot of the teams that are kind of popping up across the league, the Jets, the Giants, just to name a few, they're run heavy teams that also play defense is, is kind of the the you know young quarterback that's not going to lead them or um, you know take over games or anything along those lines I don't think Daniel Jones has the ability to take over the game or even kind of bring them back but he's okay enough where he's going to be able to chip in also rushing the ball he does he does that really well and and if they if they get a lead or if if they're able to continue to pound Barkley, they're going to be okay. You know they can rely on their defense, punt, play the field position type of game. They're going to play lower scoring games, and and you know it's worked for them so far. Again, I'm not a huge believer in them long term, um, nor do I think that they're going to end up with uh, you know probably not even close to the playoffs. That's just because I think the Giants are the Giants, but. Um, yeah, it's, it just seems to be the identity of a lot of these teams that are coming up from the bottom and, and how they're succeeding so far. So the thing is that you said you're like, I have no faith in them. And, and I want to have faith in them because they do look good. The issue is is that if Saquon gets hurt, they, you, they could go from a 5-1 and one team to the worst team in the league. They won't like, win a game. So, and that's the thing about these, these teams is that like... Yeah, it's working right now, but you know you have to be a more versatile team to be consistent, and especially when it comes down to crunch time later in the season when you need wins and you're going into the playoffs and things slow down a little bit. You just can't be relying on one guy. It just it's not it's just not going to work. No, it won't work. Um, so another very big surprise underdog win. Uh, Tampa Bay went to Pittsburgh. I, I want to say Pittsburgh was eight and a half point underdog. Uh, they ended up winning the game outright as well. Um, Brady didn't have a very Brady-esque game. I mean, his stats weren't terrible. 243 in a score. Uh, you know, he didn't look great. Uh, Fournette just continues to dominate from a volume perspective. Rashad White, you know, if you if you have him as, as a handcuff to Fournette, I would keep him as a handcuff to Fournette. With that being said, if you don't have Fournette and you have Rashad White, I would say he's probably droppable at this point. He's not getting really any burn. Fournette just gets fed the ball, and that's the way it's going to be until he gets injured. Um, and then from a Pittsburgh perspective, Najee Harris is a train wreck of a first-round pick right now. From an NFL perspective, from a fantasy perspective, uh, I drafted him in your league, Nick, and he is probably the worst first-round pick right now, would be my guess, without remembering everyone who was in the first round. But he's got to be the worst I mean, he's averaging three yards a carry. Uh, when he does run, you know, a long run, you know, 10, 12, whatever yards, he doesn't look fast. Uh, maybe he is. He just doesn't look it. Uh, he looks like he's running in mud, which you said earlier. And I, I'm just not sure what they can do with him moving forward. I also don't know if they have any other better options because they ran for, you know, 77 yards total. So, you know, Pittsburgh kind of stinks. But... Um, yeah, the, the the two running backs both dominate from a volume perspective and both don't give you too much outside of that. Yeah, a um, couple take-homes. Brady goes to the wedding, comes back. 
he's got some off season, you know, off the field issues left and right, and you know, no way he can come back and you know uh, be the hey, guy. Hey, you know what though? Don't we all? Yeah, correct. So like, yeah, yeah, right. you either perform or you don't. Yep. Because and, you and go to he, you go to work and you don't perform, you're gone. Yep. I go to work, I don't perform, I'm gone. No one gives a shit. I just uh, you know, I just want to see him succeed. I, I don't too. know how many years uh, I love you know he uh, he has left. I think this might be his last one. I keep like you know rooting for them. And it's just like last week, they got Mike Evans back, and the guy was a stud. This week, he only gets four targets, catches all four of them from 42 yards. But like, I don't know. That's just not gonna. That's not gonna cut it. I mean, cool. You know, uh, Fournette was a volume monster, but only averaged three yards a carry. Like, granted, you know, Pittsburgh's D's okay, but they're not. You know, top of the league. No. Uh, Pickett got injured in this game. Trubisky came in, was like more than serviceable, was nearly perfect, 9 for 12, had a pretty sick touchdown um, to Claypool. Um, Najee Harris, I mean, definitely agree. He Non-injury, he's the worst pick right now in the first round. You know, I had Kamara at 10. He wasn't doing much. He was out with injury, number one pick. Uh, Jonathan Hill, he's been out now with injury. But, you know, injury is one thing. You can't really control that. Not sure he's been guy, out with injury. I'd and, rather a guy be injured because at yeah, least you know you no, don't have to correct. play him. Uh, but their offensive line at, at Pittsburgh just is absolutely putrid. So um, hard to dictate, like, is it he's really not that good or the offensive line sucks is a combination of the two. I mean, we'll see moving forward. Um, but, yeah, he has not um, – Fit the bill. Chase Claypool had an uh, awesome game, seven for 96. Send him to the Pats, please. Thanks, appreciate that. George Pickens was quiet this week, um, and Deontay Johnson was also uh, quiet. Uh, again, getting decent amount of targets, but that's kind of the mo for him. Yep. Um, and that's it for this game. Carolina at LA uh, was another kind of shitty game. Um, the Rams are just not very pleasing to the eye. I think. Cooper Cup's really the only, um, unless you want to watch Aaron Donald, but Cooper Cup's really the only guy from a fantasy perspective that's interesting to watch. Uh, Allen Robinson had a heck of a touchdown catch this week. The, we um, yeah, it was it was a pretty sick catch in the end zone to make you think like you know Stafford should probably throw him the ball a little bit more. I mean, what the hell do I know? But uh, Carolina's a train wreck. They're done. Um, Matt Rule is gone. Robbie Anderson got fired almost on the spot and then traded the next morning, which was hilarious. Um, Christian McCaffrey, they have to trade him, right? I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, if I'm Christian McCaffrey, I want to be traded because you know you're not winning anything in Carolina. You're going to get injured again. Yeah, the dude, but he, I mean, as far as game, I mean, he was the team. I mean, he was unbelievable. He He's just really good when he's healthy, man. He's arguably the best offensive player in the league I think when he's healthy um he's just he does it all he's really really good um but yeah probably um gotta get out of Carolina and go you know they need to go to a complete rebuild I don't know Robbie Anderson legitimately had an Antonio Brown moment looking like sideshow Bob with his stupid ass hair I mean he's a clown and it's wild that he just gets immediate employment the next day because of injury to you know Hollywood Brown and in Arizona which we'll talk about later but uh, on the flip side um I don't know why the Rams just don't run the ball more like I don't get it like I was excited I own Henderson a few leagues and you know there's some I don't even know what the deal is with the Acre situation, but it's looking like he's probably played his last down to football yep. in L.A. Gone. So I, I'm excited for Henderson this week. I'm like, this dude's going to – he's just going to get the bulk of the carries. I'm thinking this guy should touch the ball 20 times. 
they only run the ball 12 times. It's like, it's just, again, we talked about it earlier. It's a volume league, especially from a running back standpoint. Like, he didn't do terrible, did get in the end zone. But, I mean, you want to see him run the ball 20 times. Good to see Allen Robinson get involved a little bit. But, again, only had six targets, caught almost all of them. Did have that sick touchdown cup uh, catch, I mean. But, uh, yeah, it's the Cooper Cup show. Um, I don't know if Tyler Higby played. I was big on him. You know, um, kind of on the come up from the tight end train, he became um, an enigma this game. So, so two of the best. I mean, you mentioned McCaffrey, and I mentioned Cup. they they got to be the two best offensive players in the league. They're just both unstoppable. The, the only thing that's going to stop them, obviously, is going to be injury, which in McCaffrey the past two years has, has happened. I just think if he gets out of Carolina, he'll just be in a much better situation no matter where he goes. I seen a funny thing the other day on uh, on Cooper Cup. I guess D. Smith, the previous receiver from Carolina, who is like kind of a G, small guy, but super tough, like, I guess – going into uh, the season in which Cooper Cup was um, drafted, uh, he said he was the most complete, you know, receiver. And, like, his colleagues were, like, laughing at him and how it wasn't even the case. And he was basically now, like, having the last laugh because the dude is a complete stud. He's definitely the best receiver in the league. I actually personally um, will say that I didn't think that he could repeat from last year because last year was so good. And he's actually been better. He's just – he's unbelievable. So, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting, um, which brings us to our next game, which is ugly, and I have some awesome things to say about a few people. So another, yeah, ugly game, Arizona at Seattle. Um, Arizona's just a weird team. They uh, they have talent kind of all over the place, but they're they're just I, – I don't know if they're in trouble, but they're, they're definitely not looking good. Kyler doesn't look good from a passing standpoint, no touchdowns, six sacks. Um, 100 on the ground, which is which is great. I mean, if you if you again, I I listen to uh, fantasy sports radio all the time. Jeff Jeff Ratcliffe says this every week. If you own Kyler Murray, just don't watch Kyler Murray. The end of the game, he's going to have you know decent stats. This game obviously could have been could have been better. He had no touchdowns, but. Um, he's going to have decent stats, but when you watch him, you just get really aggravated. You don't understand why Arizona is as bad as they are. Now they lose Hollywood Brown to a foot injury or, or uh, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, broken foot. Uh, broken foot. He's out for at least a month. They're getting back Hopkins, but he's going to need some time, my guess, to, to ramp up and all of that stuff. So they're going to be they're going to be interesting over the next two or three weeks to see if they kind of fall off the bandwagon and what that looks like and does Kingsbury get fired or do they kind of you know rally around Hopkins coming back and, and make a run with them um I mean a couple things the fact that they had a stipulation for this dude to watch game film and then there was controversy so they took it out and then it just so happens that like it's like a funny stat and it's like crazy because this dude's supposed to be like a big time video gamer so that's like the reason why they want to watch him film it was like you know new modern warfare came out this weekend and it was double xp you know weekend and they had this like amazing stat that he's like zero for like eight in games that it's double xp weekend just so happened to be this weekend and he comes out and he's just a so talented but so frustrating i watched most of this game and he just doesn't see the field well he's like tunnel vision and then like doesn't go through his progressions and then automatically goes into this video game i'm just gonna run everywhere for 20 minutes it's just um uh just like nick said like you know that jeff rakoff saying that uh it's he's very very annoying to watch um 
And it sucks because their their roster is fucking loaded. I mean, Zach Ertz, yeah. Marquise Brown, Rondé Morris back. They're about to you know get one of the best receivers in uh, Hopkins back. I mean, um, again, they were without their leading uh, rusher. But, you know, Benjamin's been, like, serviceable, at the, I guess, at the least because he can do both, you know, uh, on the ground and catch the ball. They just... They suck. I mean, they they literally can. Uh, the coach got to have. He's gonna be fired. Like, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it's good to see uh, on the flip side, Seattle doing well. Gino still um, it wasn't no crazy, you know, uh, QBR this week and some insane rating. Wasn't like the electric guy that we've seen previously, but still getting the job done. I think the tail of the tape right now is how good Kenneth Walker was and again we talked about this a minute ago um in the Ravens game but cool to look at his stat line right now Nick and say 21 for 97 and a touchdown that looks great right but if you watch the game and some of his runs I mean this dude's he's the real deal yeah he's an RB1 for sure so if they if you redrafted right now if you had the ability to redraft after whatever week six week seven week eight something like that he'd be a top seven pick yeah, he he just looks explosive as hell. Um, he's a or is he? I believe he's, he's a, rookie. a rookie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a rookie. young as hell. So he's got you know, limited mileage on him. Um, he catches a few passes as well, so it, they're they're involving him there. And he was just one of those guys where if you had waiver one, you picked him up, and if you had a fab budget, you you bid most of it, if not all of it, to get him. And he went he went for like seventy five dollars. Of a fab in one of my leagues. I yeah, mean, that's a lot. Surprising. That's like that's like your whole fab budget. Like that's how like good that not, people think that he's gonna be. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah, Seattle. They, I mean, they 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 look they look good. I, think I won't I won't say they way look, better look than great, I thought they were gonna be. Sure. I'll, I'll I'll say that. But um, I think DK and Lockett both had a down game. Didn't they? Didn't, had, did they play? I mean, I I have those guys games. and they they hurt me. They they did not show up this week. No. Um. I feel like DK Metcalf drops more touchdowns, and a lot of them are broken up, shitty passes from Geno, but he drops more touchdowns than anyone. He gets targeted a lot in the end zone. He just doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. Um, the game of the week was Buffalo at Kansas City. Everyone thought this game was going to be you know, a track meet, and it, it, it kind of was in, in the sense when you start looking at the, the stat lines of Josh Allen and Mahomes. They both had over 300 yards, uh, multiple touchdowns. A um, little stat that I heard that kind of brought a smirk to my face was the last the last three times that Mahomes has had a down by more than three at home drive down the field, he's thrown an interception. interception. Yeah, I heard that stat too. And that just brought a smirk to my face because it just goes to show you how lucky we were to watch Brady and he was so clutch for so long because it's it's not easy you know what I'm saying it's just not easy to these be these are these are these the unsung stats though Nick and I love that you brought that up these are the unsung stats that people don't realize that like it's not just about wins and losses which Brady owns about you know all of those as well but it's like it's records. like it's those you know fourth quarter comebacks and the game winning drives and the in the the clutch moment he is the clutch gene he it's not even like does he have it he is that you know the, the clutch genes in the dictionary is just tom looking like you know uh yeah pretty boy yeah it's just him like that's that's who he is and it's hard to have that in 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 mahomes is filthy as a quarterback but yeah uh, i mean we talked about it um i don't know a couple of weeks ago he had a 
terrible pick and a game winning same same situation the um, indie game uh, and then here we go again so yep the um the the stats from the game were were good overall uh the rushing stats weren't great from Kansas City but the receivers Juju had a great game uh with a touchdown Kelsey obviously didn't have four touchdowns again but he still had over 100 yards Hardman chipped in with uh with a touchdown kind of rare for him but he had three for 42 it was a little bit better than he's been doing over the past few weeks and um just from a uh from a Buffalo perspective um, I don't own a single share of him, but I do like him. Singletary looks like a heck of a back. I mean, he has 17 for 85 and four catches for 22 yards. I know he gets targeted a lot more than a lot of other, uh, I guess, running backs in the league. He only had five this week, but there's been weeks where he's had like, a 10 reception game. Um, he's a he's a volume guy. He's, a he's, unsung he's an RB one at this point. He's definitely he has to be the unsung bell cow of the league, like legitimately. He just he's just overshadowed because Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen play on his team. Like yep. if you again, and maybe that's the reason why he is good is because he's playing with the, all these other studs. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely swung and whiffed on him. I, I mean, he went insanely late, and not just one draft. I think every draft he was just like borderline like you know, a double digit round pick in, yeah, in every league. The 10th round. So, I mean, um, and whoever decided to take him, I mean, kudos to them that they're, they're winning. Uh, Juju again, great game. He's just inconsistent as shit. Uh, just, I think KC needs to like, you know, uh, we, we talk about this sometimes in the NBA, like not playing so many people, like honing in on just like four or five guys that are going to get like more targets. We talk about like in a volume league, it's hard to get in a zone and in a rhythm when you're not, when you're in, on the field for a play, off the field, you know, on the field. Like the only person that seems to stay and is in that rhythm for KC consistently has been Kelsey, and, and everyone kind of thought that, but like they're waiting for that. Who's that, you know, ide- other identity going to be? And last week it was Scantling. He didn't even catch a pass this week. He was non-existent. Didn't play. Hardman inconsistent. Yep. Jarek McKinnon's been probably their second most consistent person and he's their backup runner back it's just they're a mess sky Moore needs to get involved way more i've been saying that since jump street um uh on the flip side stefan diggs is is really as good as it gets i mean beyond cooper cup he might be the best receiver in the league um gabe davis is looking good since he's uh kind of Getting over that ankle injury, another decent game, three for 74 uh, in a touchdown. He's just that home run hitter for them and, you know, the red zone guy. I think, you know, he's not going to get a ton of receptions when Diggs on the field with him, but he puts up numbers. So, um, yeah, uh, Buffalo is freaking legit. They're they're arguably the best team in the league. Yep. Um, so. Their, uh, that win right there will probably get them, if they do play KC again in the AFC Championship game, it will probably get them home field which is huge for them. So, um, The next game up was the Sunday night game, the Cowboys at the Eagles. Another MVP candidate, Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, got held in check a little bit from a passing standpoint. I think everyone that watched the game, you know, they looked at the end of the first quarter going into the second quarter. They looked like they were going to put up 35-plus, you know, and Hurts was going to have an insane game. Um, you know, He ended up with 155 through the air and 27 on the ground, which is – lower than his averages in both uh miles sanders another kind of late round running back like a singletary type of guy 
he <coughs> he ended up with 18 for 71 and a touchdown. He's had a great season so far this year as well. Um, and Philly's another one of those teams that you know Hurts can throw the ball. He's not going to throw the ball a ton. He didn't have a ton of touchdowns coming into the game from a passing standpoint. But they're going to run the ball and they're going to play defense. Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated, plain and simple. And this is a divisional game. Um, I think my biggest takeaways are like, yeah, Hertz wasn't wicked accurate, 15 for 25, but he did throw two touchdowns, right? You know, the uh, rating still over 100, you know, which you can't hate. Miles Sanders is helping him tremendously, 18 carries, 71 yards, and a TD. Adrian Brown and Devonta Smith are doing what they need to do as a top two, you know, receivers. Um, flip side uh, is uh, I think the biggest story of this game is Cooper Rush crashed back down to reality. Yeah, the shine came off that. Um, you know, um, so. Um, he just he, he just came back down to reality. I mean, Ezekiel had a pretty good game, uh, 13 for 81 and a TD. Uh, Lamb, their leading receiver on 10 targets, 5 for 68, not bad. Gallup did not get going, 2 for 18 on 7. That could be, you know, Rush, you know, not being able to get him the ball. Dak should be back soon. You know 100% he's coming back and he's taking over that gig. And, you know, uh, they need him. Um uh, their defense, I will say, is uh, part of the reason why I think, like Nick said, we thought Jalen Hurts was going to go bananas. But the Cowboys' D is pretty legit. Um, one of the best pass rushers in the league um, on their team. So um, Yeah, Parsons know, looks like he could. he's, he's going to be a defensive player of the year. Candidate, for sure. Candidate, and he will be one in his career without injury yeah um, agreed. he just he just he can cover he covers tight ends i think he, he, he covered goddard at one point broke up a pass got up and talked shit to him and and he's he's just an awesome player um the monday night game which another one game. was uh the nfl just shoving the denver broncos down everyone's throat in these standalone <laughs> standalone primetime games uh denver at the la chargers um the Chargers come out with a win. Uh, I it, I don't know how they ended up winning this game, but and then we've said this what three or four weeks now for for Denver. Like how did they lose this game? But um, my my takeaway, I'm, I know we don't even talk about kickers that often, but the kicker for the Chargers, um, Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, I don't right. know what the hell is wrong with the guy. If he had a, a hamstring or a, a, a thigh, a, a quad, whatever it was. He kicked four field goals, and on each one of them, he looked like he got shot after it, fell down, started screaming, and then just got <laughs> up and walked over to the sideline and put a wrap on, got some Gatorade, and then came out and kicked again. And, and LA, L.A. just kept kicking. Yeah. They just kept kicking. They didn't give a shit. They're like, well, we're, full, we're just going to let this guy go on injured reserve after this game. No, he's definitely he's – That was it. Uh, it was, uh, was kind of awesome to see, and then he got interviewed – he got the interview after the game with uh, I don't I don't even know if it was Lisa Salters or whoever it was, but uh, yeah he was he was awesome. So I don't hate like a lot of people, but I think I hate Russell Wilson now. Like he's up there with like my most hated people. I just like he just comes off pompous. He he preaches Jesus and all these things and like. He just sucks. Like, the guy just straight sucks. I, I've been, like, going back and forth to you. Is it the coach? Is it him? Is it, no, I'm at the point where he just sucks. I've been hearing some stuff lately from ex-teammates and just, you know, uh, people they on Twitter and stuff. They, they hate him. But also, they can't even talk to him. They have to, like, talk to him through his agent and stuff. Like, how big is your high horse that you can't talk? Like, it's just insane. Like, 
Oh man, uh, Mr. Infinity or whatever the hell he was. He made Mr. Unlimited. Oh, Mr. Unlimited. What the fuck his thing is? He's a <laughs> clown. This guy just bothers me. He just looking at him. He has that punchable face. I just want to throw punch him. He just, I just, he just aggravates me. Um, uh, yeah, the other thing is, is Melvin Gordon got three carries for eight yards. Their backfield's laughable. Latavius Murray, like, you know, coming out of, like, probably working for UPS last week. The dude just still good. We talked about it, um, you know, and New Orleans, like, three weeks ago, he came off their practice squad, was their best runner. And so then, he always produces. And then and then comes in, and he was their best rusher again. I mean, Everton. Always produces. He, he, looked, he actually looked pretty good. Um uh, Sutton non-existent, but again at this point I don't even like blame Sutton. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson completed 15 passes. Like, go away. I just, I just, I'm not a not a fan of um, Denver. Their coach sucks. Russ Wilson sucks. Um, so that means, like, what the heck is going on with the Chargers though? Like, they should have dominated this game at that point. I'm thinking like they talk about Herbert being a you know, MVP candidate coming in this year. Eckler has been playing bad as of late. Did not average very good yards per carry, but did get an end zone again. Had a bunch, t- 10, 10 receptions. Didn't have a ton of yards with them, but still, you know, getting 14 carries and then adding 10 receptions. If you, you know, probably picked him anywhere between the two to five mark in your draft, like the last three, four weeks, he's actually starting to pay you back for doing so. Mike Williams, again, non-existent. This dude is the biggest roller coaster ride of a receiver ever. You're going to get 10 for 100, and the next week you're going to get 2 for 17, and that's just like been his MO. And- I'll tell you, the, the, the stat that they also brought up after the game, too, was the Broncos' defense has let up 16 points or less in regulation in four of their six games. And they're two and four. And they can't fucking win. Well, they can't win because Russell Wilson sucks. Yeah. And I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett sucks or whatever it is, but yeah, they're 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 a mess. And uh, shout out Bibby for um, you know talking shit about Russell Wilson, and then he came out went ten for ten or twelve for twelve, whatever and it was. Did he complete the pass on that? And then Jeff said he'll be MVP for the rest of the season, and then he went three for fifteen in the second half, and literally was the worst quarterback that anyone's ever seen play football so um yeah i mean we have this running joke between the three of us that anytime that we talk shit about someone or praise them they do the complete opposite Opposite. almost immediately basketball baseball yeah it doesn't doesn't matter matter. so if we talk shit about someone on this podcast there's no doubt the next week they're going to go out and have a hell of a game bet any over in any prop bet that you can bet for them start them in your fantasy lineup so like next week russell wilson's going to be 32 for 38 with 472 yards um no i'm just kidding that's never going to happen again and uh I, i i can't believe denver has another i believe denver has another two uh, primetime games. I think they have a Sunday night game, and I think they play a Denver. Uh, excuse me, a, a London game. I could be wrong, but um, I'll look up their schedule. But yeah, I, I think they play two more primetime games, standalone primetime games. Yeah, they suck. Uh, another take takeaway from this good. game that we actually didn't talk about because we talked a whole lot. Um, probably our longest segment game was you know because we're homers was about the Patriots, but. One thing we didn't talk about during that game was the defense. And the reason why I'm even bringing them up is because we traded away J.C. Jackson in the offseason. He went to the Chargers. They're talking about how good they were going to be, um, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, ball uh, in in L.A. because they had Mac um, and uh, they had Derman uh, Williams, uh, Derman James, I'm sorry, J.C. Jackson, Bosa. I'm like, oh, this this 
team's going to be ridiculous defensively. And Bosa's out now. James, you know, had a good game. Mac's still Mac. He's he's good. But they actually benched J.C. Jackson this game. Um, he's getting toasted. Um, I think, like, you know, the... Yeah, he QB, looks like shit. The QBs passing against him are just torching him. And it's just amazing because we draft Jack Jones uh, for the Patriots, and the dude is a complete stud. Um, and our defense is finally coming to life, and, you know, they're they're awesome. So, um, you know, uh, I guess the tail of the tape, like, you know, maybe it's Bill. You know, maybe it's the well, he won't, I mean, system. That Bill ain't listening play. to this podcast, and neither is Gerard Mayo. But shout out Gerard Mayo because when Gerard Mayo got asked about it, after I'm not sure if it was Monday or, or, or excuse me Tuesday or whenever it was, they asked him about players leaving New England and not doing well, and he said, "I'm assuming this is a JC J. reference." Yeah, I heard that. And you know, Jackson just hasn't played well. Um, you know, shout out to him for taking the bag and getting paid. We all would have done the same exact thing. Who doesn't want to go live in LA and make 120 million dollars? But when you leave when you leave the Patriots, you just you don't perform well. That's just been the M.O. for anyone leaving the Patriots. Once you get that big contract, it usually usually underperform. So that, just living up to the stereotype. Agreed. And that wraps up our um, week six um, recap on the on the um, week as far as um, you know game by game and you know what we should do. Um, that kind of leads us into Nick's segment. You know, he's the the the, the gambler here. He's gonna you know go into some bets that were good, bad, and indifferent, and also things you should look at. Meanwhile, I am going to check some scores of these uh, NBA games to uh, talk a little trash about some people. I think the Knicks just lost in overtime. They did. Um, so the previous week, the last week that we had on here, uh, I went four and one, which I believe was my first winning week Woo! that I had. It's a miracle. Uh, so seven, seven, twelve, and one on the season, uh, which is not where we want to be. In it isn't. Capacity. But if the, if that was a prop bet stat sheet, you would be probably at like eighty percent. But yeah, I mean, if we did this, if we did this podcast on Sunday mornings, I, I think I would do much better. Because <laughs> from a player prop perspective, I'm probably seventy you percent know, right now. I do much better in in that realm than I do from the you know picking the teams. I just don't look at the prop bets until. I sit in the right. toilet Sunday morning, <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll throw some of those out there if I if I had the chance to look at them. I just they they fluctuate so differently throughout the week and they move really quick. Um, but yeah, this week there's there's some good games this week. Um, there's some games that I'm I'm gonna watch and there's some games that I I don't understand where where and why the lines are where they are. But um, every week that I look at a line. And I say I don't understand that. It usually hits. Uh, the Miami game, I, I, was it Miami and Cincinnati from a few weeks back? Miami was undefeated, and we didn't understand why Miami was getting points in that game. And Tua got injured, and it all crumbled, and Cincinnati ended up winning and covering. We didn't understand right. it because we don't you know, make lines and bookmake in Vegas. Um, so one of the ones that I looked at this week, the Giants are playing at Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's favored. Um, Jacksonville's got two wins and the Giants have five. So why are why is Jacksonville minus three in this game? I have no idea. But I'm just going to bet Jacksonville because I have no idea why they're minus three. Correct. Um, I mean, you got a five and one team versus the Jaguars, which you know, no offense, but the, the last two games they've been 
they've been pretty bad. So well, another roller coaster team. So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna blindly bet Jacksonville because I don't understand why they're minus three in the game, and the line hasn't changed either since it got released. So it's not like people are hammering the Giants or anything along those lines. Um, so yeah, uh, the Thursday night game, which I pride myself on staying away from after I bet the Dolphins. Um, I'm gonna bet Arizona because they're another team that I feel like are getting kind of kind of pummeled where we don't understand why they suck and you know Kyler sucks and all of that stuff. Um, New Orleans is traveling to Arizona on a short week. New Orleans again, a lot of their receivers are out. They're kind of I, I, I guess they're short-handed. Um, their defense still looks good. Arizona looks like shit. Why is Arizona minus two? I don't know. So I'm just going to bet Arizona minus two because I don't know why they're minus two. And that's kind of the way I'm aligning there. Uh, <laughs> the other two, the other three actually, are just teams that I've been betting on that's been working. So Atlanta, again, is 6-0 and against the spread. Uh, I'm going to take Atlanta plus 6.5 points here. Um, they are at Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati's a juggernaut by any means, and they're kind of a, more of a little bit, a little bit more of a roller coaster team than they were last year as well. Um, Burrow looked good last week, so uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, the Jets. I was gonna I say, get a bet your Jets, man. I'm gonna blindly bet the Jets until I lose on them. This is the first time I might bet the Jets too because I hate Russell Wilson, so I, I think I'm gonna do it. They're at Denver. And Denver's favored. Denver's favored. Why is Denver favored? <laughs> Nobody knows. But, again... <laughs> Why is Denver favored? Why? Have, I'm just going to blindly bet the Jets. And then another team that, again, they, they play close games, but they win, and they're exciting. Um, I'm going to take Seattle. Seattle's getting six points traveling to the Chargers. So the Chargers play a lot of close games. They kick a lot of field goals as well. Um, I could see the Chargers winning. I just... Don't think they win by six. They might not have a kicker. They might have you. They might call you up. They're probably going to get the dude that got fired from Indy that wears the glasses, the goggles. Um, (laughs) They're probably going to sign him. They probably already did. But, yeah, I'm going to take Seattle getting six. I just don't think the Chargers are going to win. Oh, Bancroft. Blankenship. Blankenship. Yeah, he's 100%. He's probably already signed. He wears Um, swimmer's goggles to fucking play. Seattle's Seattle's also a fun team. Sunday uh, uh, at that point, I think it's the 4:30 game. Um, I'll get to watch that full game and uh, and see how we see how we do there. So yeah, so we got Jacksonville minus three, Arizona minus two, Seattle plus six, Atlanta plus six and a half, and the Jets plus one are the uh, are the five I have for this week. And what do you think? Of, I mean, listen, I'm not the gambler here. The year that you're the guy. Um, I don't really bet on football. If I do, it's prop bets. Patriots, Bears, uh, Bears given uh, Patriots seven and a half. I think we might dominate that game. The Bears might get shut out. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. I mean, but again. Don't like betting the, my, my team. I feel like every time I do that, I get burned. But if, if the Pats were, if it was under seven, if it was six and a half, I would like it. If I, I just, when the Pats were minus three against Detroit, I knew they were going to win that game and they kicked the shit out of them. Um, I think. The Patriots will win this game as well. It, it just, I, I don't like the huge spreads, that, you know, over seven, that type of stuff. Yeah, um, correct. When it's when it's more than a touchdown, it just it gets hairy. Well, just New England, I just don't think New England's good enough. Like, would it surprise you if Zappy came out and you know didn't Sub-bar have a game? great game no. and they won the game, you know, 
19 to 14 or something like that. No, I, I mean... Then you add an element. I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like, but if you add any element of... Well, it's going to be cold. I yeah, can tell I you mean, that much. It, it, it could change everything, so... So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like New England to win the game. Uh, another one that uh, I like this week, and I, I, I probably contradict myself here with, with saying that I don't like the huge spreads, but Carolina is just a train wreck. I don't know who's playing quarterback for them. I don't know if Baker's playing quarterback for them this week. I mean, who's the worst team in the league right now, Nick? Well, Car- I think Carolina. They got to be the worst team in the league, right? I think Carolina's the worst team, um, and Tampa needs this win. It's a divisional game for them. I want to say that the spread was like ten, ten and a half, something like that. Um, I think Tampa is going to win that game going away. I think Brady's screaming at the offensive line. Uh, the the one of the offensive linemen came out and said the center that he said loved, he loved it. He loved getting yelled at, which is okay, hilarious. Um, and then there's there's a few other games this week that are just interesting games um, to watch as well. Um, I, I, I hate to say this, but Green Bay Washington is going to be kind of a fun game to watch. I'm I'm interested to see what Heineke is going to do. I, I, I hope he burns burns him up. I thought Heineke was better than Wentz coming into the season. I, I don't think he ever got really like a, a fair shake in Washington. Not um, with all the weapons they have now. That's what I'm saying. So that's that that's kind Their of a, a, a game I have my eye on. Uh, another game, the Detroit-Dallas game. Dak coming back, what is Dallas going to look like? Um, the, the night slate is... Kansas City at San Francisco is the 4:30 game. That actually the over/under is 49 in that game, 48 and a half, 49. Which, I mean, Vegas thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game, so it probably will be a high-scoring game. Um, that's going to be definitely probably the most watched game um, of of the day. San Francisco gets a draw, and obviously Kansas City is going to get you know get a huge draw from from their fans as well. Um, that's going to be a fun game to watch in the uh, in the afternoon hour. Um, so, uh, is, it, 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 all right. So let's go to um. We've been doing our weekly uh, power rankings. So this week's going to be a little crazy, I think, because we missed the week. Um, now we're we're at this week. Um, I'm just going to flat out start it. Um, not too. I think the top three. Three and not just not going to change for me um, unless something drastic happens. Right now, I still have the Eagles one, um, Bills two, and the only reason why I don't have the Bills over the Eagles is because the Eagles are still undefeated. Uh, but they could flip flop. They could be one A and one B uh, in my eyes. I still get to keep the Chiefs third. I just think that overall, from a football standpoint, they're the third best team and. In the NFL, um, I have to put the Vikings on there. That again, we talked about it. They just keep finding ways to win. Um, as my fourth, and I'm I'm really struggling with this, but I'm gonna do it. It's probably gonna be a one week only thing, but I gotta put the Giants at five. They they earned it right now. They are five and one. I don't know how they keep winning games. Well, we talked about it. Their defense and Saquon Barkley. Um, but let's see how long uh, this roller coaster ride can uh, continue. Um, if I wasn't to put the Giants, I think I'd um, I'd probably put the Bengals up there uh, just for the mere fact that they have a decent defense and they have all intangibles on offense to put up points. So you put you put the Giants at five, and again, this is what I don't understand about the Giants. They're five and one. They're playing at Jacksonville, which is like got to be the biggest loser place in the NFL, not this season, but just overall okay. in the yeah. past I don't know ten, twelve years, whatever. And they're not favored. It's just, it doesn't Bananas. make sense. So, like, why? 
somebody knows something somewhere that I don't, and I'm just going to... Most of the things that you, like, think about. Like, why is Vegas... Why? Why? Like, why? why? Yeah. So, uh, my, my top five is actually the same as it was from two weeks ago when we did our last when we did our last show. Philly at one, um, Bills and Chiefs two and three, Minnesota at four, and Dallas at five. <clears throat> I think Dallas kind of treaded water without Dak. They go two and one or three and one, whatever it was, with Cooper Rush. Their defense to me is – their defense is what separates them. They're getting Dak back, who obviously is going to be much better than Rush. Lamb held up pretty well. Zeke and Pollard, I think Pollard looks better than Zeke, but they... Zeke has been better than we thought they were going to be. They're they're a good one, too. One, one A, whatever you want to call it. And Gallup's back. Gallup's back. Um, What's his name? The the tight end. I don't own him anywhere, but he's been... Schultz. Schultz, Delta. Um, He's really good with Dak. He puts up tremendous numbers with Dak, so... He had a setback, I think, with his knee last week, so... He might be out for a week, but he'll, I mean, at some point in the next two to three weeks, you know, they'll have full steam, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's hard to hard to argue that, Nick. Um, just from a defense, I, I just think that they're, they're again, that, that um, you know, run the ball and play defense, they can do that as well, but they could, their quarterback can also slang. take it over and, and lead them to a victory. I don't particularly like Dallas, so just... From a football standpoint, put them uh, put them in my five, and then if I had to slide someone else in there, I mean, I guess the Giants, but I just I just don't believe in the Giants, so I'm not sure. No, I I, I it's understandable, you know what I mean. But outside of them, like who who else do you do? You I mean, really I just feel like about, that. The, I said the Bengals because they went to the Super Bowl last year. The defense isn't terrible, and they have games that they should have won. They're Record should be better than what it is. Well, they shows. should be four and two because they—I don't know how they didn't beat the Steelers in Week One. Correct. So. And um, yeah, the Chargers are four and two, the Jets are four and two, and that's it. You know, like I mean, there's eight teams that that are uh, that have four wins. So um, yeah, interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure this will change next week. Well, it won't change. Philly won't change for me because or you for they're on a bye. But, um, yeah, some big games coming up uh, uh, across the league this week. So um, that was uh, that was all I had on, on my list over here. How about you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's my recap for uh, the NFL. Again, we have some N- NBA games going on. We're not you know, doing multiple podcasts a week. So kind of crunching in two amazing sports that we love to cover um, and going to try to do so uh, the best way we can. I do I just want to... Shout out to New Orleans Pelicans for uh, smoking the Brooklyn Nets. I just absolutely hate the Nets. I hate Durant for not coming to Boston after he had a meeting with Tom Brady. Kyrie Irving's a clown. I hate that guy. So anytime I can watch them lose is uh, good. Ben Simmons, you know, had the yips for a year and a half. Um, So I'm cool with it. Zion's back. Had a good game. 25 points, 9 boards, 4 steals, and Ingram and McCollum. Continuing where they left off last year, where they're pretty electric at the end of last year, so they're going to be a playoff team this year. The Pelicans are, and Agreed. Brooklyn is 0 and 1. Um, and another team that we talked shit about before we hopped on today was the Bulls because Levine was hurt, um, Ball is hurt, and of course they just go down to Miami and win the game outright, 116-108, because of course we why wouldn't shit. they? <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely be covering the NBA 
uh, I, I would say a, a ton. You know, um, as as the football season goes along, we'll we'll keep up with the NFL week in and week out, and you know, keep on the the fantasy train as well. But um, yeah, looking forward to to getting some basketball in my life. Yeah, uh, another game I just wanted to cover because uh, Eastern Conference was the Cleveland Cavaliers at Toronto. Uh, both, I feel like, playoff teams that, you know, are going to be battling with the the Celtics this year. Uh, Cleveland added, you know, uh, Mitchell in the offseason. They got some, you know, people back, you know, Mobley, Garland, Levert, Allen, Mitchell. That's a pretty stout starting lineup. They fell to the Toronto Raptors today. Um, and I was talking off, off air um, to a buddy of mine about uh Anobi this guy is underappreciated he's he's pretty nasty for Toronto um kind of a guy that you know flies under the radar doesn't talk trash stays humble and Scotty Barnes is the real deal um it was a quite the rookie uh last year they still got Pascal Sayakam who had a, a pretty good game 23 and 11 boards and they took the win over the Cavs but uh two teams said you know keep an eye on because we're going to be battling them um in the Eastern Conference this year um we're not going to cover them on this at all but uh Nick and I will be at the PC game they're playing a, a exhibition game tomorrow night to start off our um college basketball season and uh yeah looking forward to some to getting in some big east games this year as well so um shout out to the Friars yeah Friars can't wait I think that uh, concludes uh, our week six uh, podcast. Again, I want to thank uh, all the viewers. Sorry that uh, we're off air due to, you know, um, help. It was a bye week, man. We, we, we had a bye week we last a bye week. week. Um, but again, thank you to supporters. Again, hit us up with anything that you want us to cover, questions that we can answer on the podcast. And uh, look forward to uh, next week. All right. That's it for me. Deuces.